the, what the f keep going? I am acting here, and this dickhead wanders onto my set. I can't even get a line out until sci-fi melody starts whispering in your ear, and you're not even watching anymore. Dennis. Eagle 9NN America News. Fair and unbalanced. Partially everywhere with your host, Rage. Good evening, I'm Rage Master. Our top story tonight, a shootout at a Las Vegas police station has left many dead and SWAT officers and FBI baffled. An assailant resembling James Franco on meth with a mullet has assaulted the 12th precinct for reasons still unclear. In addition, two unknown assailants on motorcycles have also infiltrated the area. Without any knowledge of what's going on, police are idle. Now to Ruck with the weather. It raining sideways! Sci-fi melody. Symptom 272. Kin. Dennis Quaid is in this? And that's reminding me of the greatest Michael Jordan outtake ever when he's first trying to work for Gatorade. It, just look it up. He's going there for like 45 seconds going, Is it in you? Is it in you? Is it in you? Is it in you? And they're like, Oh, that's great, Michael. Keep practicing. <laughs> <laughs> is that... I, I is have that seen that. up in the episode, Scott? <laughs> I don't know. Ruck can make a choice. <laughs> Ruck can make a choice. Gatorade. Is it in you? Nope. One more time. Try the last one you just said. Just conversational. Gatorade. Is it in you? Are right, you ready? Gatorade. Is it in you? Gatorade. Uh, Gatorade. Is it in you? Gatorade. Gatorade. Is it in you? Okay. Ready? Gatorade. Is it in you? No, don't like that. Gatorade, is it in you? Okay. Gatorade, is it in you? But anyway, welcome back, sickies, to the final of month, final episode of Dennis Quaid December. We hope you had a lovely holiday series season series. Holiday series. <laughs> Maybe I'd say series because for me it was a series of events. I had a family get together on friday then we went to scott's house on saturday and wow that is a good shindig right there if you ever for those of you by the way that think white elephant gift exchanges always always suck you've never been to a scott kennison christmas party not one of the white elephant gifts sucked at all in fact i would dare say that scott potentially got the best gift at the very least for the people of walmart adult coloring book oh yes and so, um, the uh, there's thing. a certain story about a cartoon character named Mike Lit, who is not hard to find. Yes. <laughs> so great, great gifts all around. And of course, Christmas was very good, as was Christmas, too, which, you know, we do because my wife's German. But the point is, hopefully you had a good season, holiday season. And uh before we jump into this final film, uh, I, I want to address now that Rage, who is bad at debate, has had time to think about this, he wants to make his clarified point from last week and answer a question from the uh, fourth member of Sci Fi Malady, Ethan. The first point. So, Scott, the fact that you like this film doesn't bother me at all uh, or the last film i mean um uh what is it the day after tomorrow the fact that yeah. you like it couldn't care less i think he said he didn't hate it 
whatever. The fact that he liked it well enough. And the fact that you have a very partial particular reason for liking it enough didn't bother me. I think what bugged me was that you started to dunk on legitimately good films. You started to punch up and bash the classics as a way to prop up a crappy film. And the problem with that is it's like saying, hey, look, this, uh, this car has a scratch on it. Therefore, it's exactly the same as this car that just came out of a demolition derby. No, it's not. Just, just admit, I don't mind that you liked that movie. I just don't like your punching the classics to defend your, your inferior product. I admit, Star Crash is a garbage movie. But I like it for its merits. And you liked Day After Tomorrow for the humanity, everybody comes together merit, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. I just don't feel the need to punch the classics. I don't mean to need to, the point to say, well, this inferior movie has this el- plot element and this superior movie has this plot element. So they're the same. No, that's like saying, well, this high school football QB threw a bad pass and this NFL QB threw a bad pass. So they're the same. No, they're not. They're not the same scale. I guess that was it. That's all I was trying to say, but I'm just very bad at thinking quickly. Understandable. It does make sense. It does. All right. That's like saying wrath of Khan had a bad part in it. So therefore it's as equal to, uh, I don't know what's uh, it's equal to Star Trek Insurrection. Yeah, the problem is Rathacon had no bad parts. Well, I'm just making an example up, okay? I mean, it did, and if anyone wants to challenge me on that, I mean, I'm just going to pretend I don't hear you. I'm but. sure there is a, I'm sure there's a part that's kind of like, meh, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, there absolutely a, is. Uh, why does Scotty, why does Scotty bring his dead nephew to the bridge <laughs> instead of sickbay? <laughs> Oh, right. And you could find those little details, but the movie otherwise is so good that who cares? In fact, let's just test Scott's knowledge of Wrath of Khan for a minute and waste time. Just because, by the way, Stickies, this film is, oh boy. It's got to be better than Kin. This is definitely better than Kin. I'm going to say a line from the film and you have to fill in the next line. Okay, Scott? Ready? Maybe. This is Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. Shields are dropping. Raise them. I can't. The override. Where's the override? Okay, good. Looks like Scott knows his stuff. Anyway, so let's get to Kin then, I I guess. This was a film from 2018 starring, uh, oh boy, I'm already, Dennis Quaid. You'd be surprised, but he is in this film. And, uh, boy, who Franco? Else? Huh? James Franco. James Franco, yeah. He's mullet with meth. Mullet meth, I call him. And, uh... Well, you I'm had... Uh, throwing a blank on Lenny Kravitz's daughter's name. Zoe. Zoe Kravitz. And the basic story is that it's in modern-day Detroit, and it starts off in an old vacant... Uh, factory that hits a bit too close to home and you hear you see these flashes of light and hear these laser effects and then why 
who knows? Yeah, why? Oh, yeah, you know, you don't find out. You find out, but it's lame. And uh, eventually you see this kid who's getting in trouble at school, blah, blah, blah. And then he rides around to factories, ripping the copper wire out of the factory to sell for scrap so he could help his dad who's having money problems. Okay. I mean, you know, so far, so realistic. This is kind of kind of good. And I remember seeing this film in the theaters, and I remember not being interested in it. Oh, I thought for a second there, I thought you were saying you had seen this oh, in I'm the sorry, theater. I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer okay. in theaters. Thank you. I saw the trailer and I wasn't interested. And then as I started watching this film, initially I was like, man, I was wrong about this movie. And as time goes on, I was not wrong about this movie. But initially, Sickies, this movie's going to get you. It's uh, going to get you. I might do. I might get the wrath of Rage Master today, but I'm going to disagree and say that up to almost the very end of this film, I thought it was a not a bad, and actually, no, that's my point. Somewhat had me gripped and had me kind of interested in the story up to yeah, the I completely very agree. end. I completely agree. When you're starting off, it's like, man, this wasn't too. This isn't bad. What am I like? Why did I think this would suck? It's when you get to the ending that you're like, oh, that's why. But, oh, and before we continue, yes, Ethan, I do think that Roland Emmerich's magnum opus sucked. That's the answer to your question. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so anyway, Dennis Quaid's, he has this adopted son. And then his other son gets out of prison, but he owes James Franco, what's his name, Isaiah, money. And uh, $60,000. $60,000. The only way, only way to get it is to go steal the cash from his father's office, which he runs a construction company. And then Dennis Quaid finds out that his son was. That's, I'm just going to say that's a lot of money to be holding on to in a safe on your website. Yeah, that, that, that's I, you're I jumping ahead to rips. That's a massive that's, petty cash fund. I know. Well, and I get why he needs the money, the son who's in jail, because it was for protection money. But exactly. It's like, I don't have that kind of money, but my dad has it at his office. You have $60,000 in petty cash and you're a, cons and you're a contractor. Like if this were Chase Bank, I could see that. We're gonna, like the we're main gonna just, office. yeah. Skip ahead to rips because here's how this would really work. Dad is going to write a fake contracting job to methed out James Franco, where he picks up a brick and moves it ten feet, and he pays him sixty thousand dollars, and then it's written off as a company expense. That's how that's gonna work. Except oh, yeah, it's taxable with the ninety with the with the ten ninety nine, so it goes about ninety thousand. But, but dad doesn't want to do that because he'd be helping his criminal son. Well, there's also this fact that he has $60,000, but then he's struggling with cash and he's also. But it's not his not cash. It's not his cash. It's the company he works for is cash. Yeah. And I don't think he owns the company. At least if he does, it's not made real clear. A lot of this is not made clear. That's the for problem. Sure. For Even sure. if he does own the company, the $60,000 on site might be necessary to pay for materials or whatever. So, so but at any rate, so the son, the criminal son, and, and I, it's not even worth remembering his name. Uh, he decides that he needs to go. And oh, prior to this, though, 
the young boy who's riding around and uh, trying to goes to a factory to get scrap metal finds a laser gun because he goes into the factory where the shooting at the beginning happened and he finds a bunch of dead bodies don't forget oh, yeah. that yeah and he just kind of leaves that gets home with the laser gun rifle whatever and then his dad sees that he has scrap metal so he gets mad and says you stole it from a company you weren't allowed to go in there you stole it from an owner so we're going to go back to my office why he had to do it at his office i don't know we're going to go back to my plot. office plot huh? it's advancing the plot that's it right we're going to go back to my office and we're going to call every one of those people and say, I'm sorry, I stole your metal, your copper. I'm going to bring it back to you. But when they get there, Dennis Quaid sees that his son and James, James Methhead, James Meth Mullet. In fact, that's his name. Meth Mullet. Meth Mullet is robbing the place and they have a temporary little shootout where Meth Mullet's buddy, uh, brother Dennis, somehow I remember that dies but so did dennis quaid uh that's another thing hey your company's being robbed if this is your company or if you just work for the company yeah you I'd walk walk. off and you just write that off as a loss of company you product dude you have insurance for this you have this isn't worth losing your life moron but it was and so the other son gets out, jumps in this dad's truck and says, goes back home and says, dad uh, has to go to an emergency job. He wants us to go on vacation. We're going on vacation. So the two brothers go on vacation. They drive around. They reconnect, yada, yada, yada. They go into a strip club, pick up a stripper, and uh, they get in trouble with the local crime lord who runs the strip joint. And that's when young boy takes out laser rifle, shoots the place up and leaves meanwhile from the future come two people who uh, are, we don't know the future yet oh well it's true i guess it's assumed but from other place or time come two people who are looking for their laser gun because remembering to take that and the bodies with them was too hard and uh fortunately they have magic technology that helps them discover track literally where the laser gun went that i just don't mean like in a gps sense I mean, like, hey, we can, it's apparently taking uh, holographic image shots of everything. So they just get on a mo two motorcycles and start chasing down the brothers. The brothers wind up in Reno or Vegas or whatever, Tahoe. trying to make money. Huh? Tahoe. Tahoe. That's Tahoe, where, yeah, they, that's where they were going. Oh, that's right. And while there, they, uh, oh yeah, they also have to go and get money back because they left a bunch of money at the strip club, so they have to go back and break up a poker ring behind a cattle joint with the laser gun to get the money. And you know, it's 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 okay, it's not bad. But then they get arrested. They get caught. They get arrested. And at that point, meth uh, meth mullet, who's chasing them down, finds out where they are. Does someone remember how he finds out? Oh yeah, it's because the strip club, right? No, 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 no. The, no, no. the dad, the, the son calls the dad's phone. Oh yeah, that's and right. And traces so, the location of the phone. Yeah, somehow he has someone who can do that, right? So he drives over to Lake Tahoe, finds out the prison, the jail they're in, and this is where the movie gets. I mean, before it was, man, it's okay or kind of nice, and this is where it gets dumb. 
Because oh, I'm going, I, I'm going to be ripping into this part. Oh, there's bit. nothing. What else can you do to it? Meth Mullet walks up to the police station, walks up to the cop at the desk, asks to see the sons. They, uh, the cop obviously tells them no. So he pulls out a gun and plugs him. At which point, Meth Mullet and his gang, who are high on revenge because they're avenging his brother's death, walk through the police station, shooting up all the police who luckily are horrendously inept, so much so that they give the evidence locker key to the eight-year-old who runs into the evidence locker, pulls out the laser cannon, laser rifle, shoots up everybody, but then, right when Meth Mullet's about to shoot his brother, the other two people show up from the future on their motorcycles and freeze time and let him know that he's part of a future apocalyptic war. And there's a, his scar on his hand, is, which we've never mentioned before, by the way, is, has a chip which allows him to use the laser cannon. And well, also, magically, this is when we find out that this is a future thing. Yeah, and why he's what they're fighting and why and how, uh, he just is. And uh, they decide they have to go back, but they take the laser cannon, save the brother from a gunshot that Meth Mullet just fired at him, and movie ends. Yep. Yeah, that dumb. <laughs> so, fortunately, before we get into the rips and picks, there are a couple fun facts to give. One is um, the movie was based on a dream one of the directors had involving a young boy sitting in a rundown Midwestern hotel bathroom analyzing a futuristic weapon. So that's why that made it into the film. Um, yep, that whole scene made it into a movie. That's clearly, a, this guy. Okay. Uh, this, okay. Guy, this director knew somebody clearly. I'm just going to say maybe we should not be making movies off of all dreams because, oh boy, some of these dreams are going to get weird. Yeah. Wow, this movie about penguins chasing people off of cliffs is a weird one. Let's make it. (laughs) The house the main characters live in is the same house used by the main characters from the movie Four Brothers, which is a superior film. I thought that was recognizable. Okay, that's... superior film. Yeah, okay, okay, that makes sense. That explains some things. An actor broke his nose in a scene where he was punched in the face by a cleaner and had to be sent to the hospital. Haha. Uh-huh. Uh, they didn't have a stunt double, and oh, that's a bad stunt coordinator there. Yeah. Uh, the movie is a homage to James Cameron films, obviously. Um... And the police station is in Sulaco County, a reference to the USS Sulaco from Aliens. You know, I guess. Ah, and yes, because I totally got that one. Yeah, right. Uh, the next uh, fact. Oh, sheesh. Where was it? I just lost. Okay. The final fact mentioned was that uh, this was a box office bomb. No kidding. $9 million on a $30 million budget. There was a planned sequel that just never got made because this was so bad, right? <clears throat> uh, I don't know that. I didn't see that. But if it's true, then yeah, it's, it's, I can see why. Because $30 million budget, that's of course not including marketing and everything else and other fees. 
and then you made nine million dollars yeah that's a total flop for good reason so well it's not always the case though that box office flops don't get anywhere because sometimes films have cult followings afterwards true but this one did not i mean and there's nothing to have a cult following about the better no, movie no, the better no. movie is the one that doesn't get told oh I yeah think, i think that i mean the cameron homage is clear when meth mullet starts going around shooting up the police station too a la terminator but you know before we jump into that i do want to mention that i think we should get the picks out of the way because there are some just not okay to save the movie i have and a I few will picks. Say, the laser gun is cool the bfg mcguffin is amazing it is BFG a MacGuffin awesome 9000 it's not bad i'm also going to say i like the story at the beginning yeah i, I know this you you might hate this but there is a family togetherness and a, i no i get i'm with you on this one it it, it i mean e even the dad awesome. relationship with both the adopted kid and his actual biological scumbag of a kid it's believable and is a well-done story where there, there's communication, there's discussion. These all seem real. These seem right. like a real family, and it works well. And even when they're on the run, sometimes it works well, and it's kind of believable, and the dynamic works. Sure. And no, it does. I, I kind of like the story that's being told there, the family side. And the kind of scumbag decisions to take the eight-year-old or whatever he is into a strip joint, it's like, well, considering who this guy is, that makes sense. Doesn't want to lose track of him, and eh, he wants to go strip joint, and sure. Thinks he's turning him into a man, and okay, sure. And even the stripper that says, someone who comes in here to become a man is not becoming a man. You know, okay, the, uh, there we go. There, There is some real truth to this film there's just it's nothing deep but it's a just a gritty the, what you see is what you get and we're not you know we're trying to yeah show you something that has some realism to it i'm it also that. yeah i'm also going to say i like the suspense it was building because you had this build up at the beginning of two separate people chasing you you had what you, again, you didn't know from the future. You just knew future space aliens, maybe. You don't know because the face is hidden. They're walking very robotically. They have this voice modulator things. Right. So you don't know that they're from the future. You don't know this. You don't. They, they might be robots. They might be. You don't know. You, you, you just know. Out, and you do find out that the fight at the beginning was because those two robot looking other things were there to kill him and they stopped it. Right, but again, you don't know any of this at the beginning. No. Oh, yeah, there's the other and, James Cameron homage. The kid is basically right. John Connor. Oh, yeah. Basically, yeah. Yes, but again, you have that chase from... You don't know who these are. You have no dialogue from them, basically, at all. They're just an unstoppable force chasing, which is kind of cool. And you're you all nervous. Because right. it's like, oh, what's going to happen when they catch up? Are they going to kill them? Are they going to... Well, what's going to happen? And then you have the gang chasing, too. And the gang is not a terrible gang, either. Okay, they're a terrible gang. I don't phrase that Up wrong. until the police station moment. They are a believable gang who are doing somewhat believable actions 
I mean, yeah, this is your brother. He died. You were revenge. Makes sense. And he puts the like at the gas station when he's like, I need to use the bathroom. He's like, employees only. So just points, puts the gun pointed at him and pisses all over the ground. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's dumb in the long run when you see what happens later on. But at that moment, I mean, yeah, might maybe there are some terrible people out there. Yeah. And again, this is kind of a good thing, I'm going to say, because you have suspense, you have two people chasing you, you're trying to get away, you constantly are screwing up, giving bread crumbs away, they're following. It's suspenseful. It is. It's and, got, and it works. It's and got the brother even had some moments of intelligence, like when he swaps the license plates on the truck. I do think it would have been better if he was played by Chris Pratt, but that probably wasn't in the budget. <laughs> no, they actually wanted him. They said he had the mannerisms of Bill Paxton, which is what they wanted, I guess. But huh. okay, it, it, yeah, it, I guess it, it's again not bad, and that's what does work for me at least. All the all the elements of a very good sci-fi suspense movie are here. Yeah, we've got a very cool MacGuffin that actually has some use for. I don't know. Well, is it the secondary storyline or the primary storyline? I don't know, but the MacGuffin is useful. You have a mystery as to why can only the kid use the MacGuffin. You have some cool space alien future human cyborg robot somethings. So you've got some sci-fi, some sci-fi bad guys. You've got a really awesome sci-fi BFG MacGuffin. And then you've got some interpersonal family drama. Tragedy early in the movie. Two brothers attempting to repair their relationship and one brother regretting that he's got his other brother into it and trying to just have a good few days until he has to tell them that his dad's died and that they're being chased by a crime syndicate and they're probably all going to die. And then you have the washed up stripper. And you've got who is going to be the redeeming arc for the humanity of the of the antagonist or the protagonist. Right. That's yes. right. You have every single element of a good film here. And then, like, a baker who mixed up the perfect cake and then cooked it at 700 for 15 <laughs> minutes, you just torch the whole thing. Yep. And I think and the problem with this is... Man, okay, here's my first rip. And it's a, it's a deep rip, but it'll... it'll we're at that point. Face. We're okay. at that point, Scott. We're at that point. You didn't know what story you wanted to tell. You had this really cool hook about a kid contemplating a future weapon, which turned into the fact that it's a weapon from a future war, and he's on the run with the weapon trying to avoid the people who are coming to take it back, but he doesn't know they're coming to take it back yet. And he's special. This is a really cool story. You also have the other story, which is the family drama, the real-life, down-to-earth, non-science fiction story to tell. And you couldn't figure out which story you really wanted to tell. If you toss out the entire science fiction aspect of this story, it's a much better movie. And that's the problem. You didn't have a science fiction story and you wanted to tell one anyway. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because honestly, if they just went with one story or the other, they could have had either a really good interpersonal story with a family or a really good sci-fi film. Yep. But they smashed them two together 
in such a way that kind of worked, you, but it didn't like mesh a hundred percent. No, it does. It and, doesn't work at all. It's the most obvious thing that's grafted onto something since someone put that second head on a rat in a lab experiment to see how long it would live, or I, a hand on the back of something to see if it. It's just. It is a story that is grafted on. That oh, I'm not. I'm not going no to disagree with you. I'm Every not going to disagree with where you. Every single where the BFG is fired could have been reworked to not need that whole arc. You oh, don't yeah. need that arc to make the kid the protagonist. You don't need the BFG to get them out of the situations they're in. You don't need it to get them on the run. You don't need it if you end that film where he where um James Franco gets killed by the brother in an amazing shootout somehow. And then they just surrender, and the brother goes back to jail to save the other brother? Maybe for a little bit? You've still accomplished the same thing, and you've told it in a significantly better story. Well, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm going to say this. I don't think... It, it is definitely grafted on. I do th going to say it is definitely grafted on. I'm not going to disagree, though. But I don't think it's grafted off on too poorly. It's not... And this is just my opinion. You can absolutely disagree, and I respect that. But in my opinion, it's not a bad graft. Like, it's not... It could be dropped easily and make the movie better. But I don't think it's the worst graft I've seen. And it did bring some interesting elements and interesting thoughts and did have some good scenes with it. And I'm not going to say those two, you know, just unstoppable creatures humans aliens robots you don't know following kind of added some kind of suspense and it did kind of work for me it does but it does i mean it adds suspense i don't know you don't know anything more about who these two people are they're, they're from our world are they from earth in the future or are they from a distant um earth-like humanoid world um, is, Are they is the one kid actually yeah. the adult version? Is the one guy the adult version of the antagonist? And that's what is kind of implied, but not guaranteed. Who are they fighting? Because they look to be the same people and the same. And and is the kid there John Connor? Is he their messiah? But again, you don't know any of this. You just might know. Again, this could just be. Hey, this is our MacGuffin that this guy stole. This could be out, not just our gun, but our teleport to our spaceship. Why? You don't know anything. Why are they hiding this kid? So are they hiding? Are they hiding every soldier they have for their future army on different time periods of Earth, or is it just him, or is right. it different it, planets? You well, this, nothing about this, this is explained at any point. There's this. The better story, almost to me, is the one that's not the potential better sci-fi story. Is the one that isn't told. Who well, are these people? Who yes. is this kid? Is he even oh, human? Thank you, because this brings me to a whole bunch, and I... You guys will have to give me a sec here, because I'm going to be ripping for a second here. Okay, go for it. First, where this film started to nosedive for me, it went from, okay, this isn't bad, to just smashing into the ground. It started with the shootout in the police station. Yes. Yeah, don't don't get too much in. I got a lot to say about that, but Okay, I just got a few things, but mainly because I know some about police and some about just guns. But one, most of these police stations are heavily armed and heavily protected. There's a lot of layers of security 
And another thing being, let's just say that almost every single cruise, cruiser now has a AR and a shotgun in there because of a famous shootout in California at a bank heist when they were outgunned. So from that, pretty much everyone now, every police station has a good selection of AR-15s. And body vests. And body vests, yes. And most of those body vests will stop, stop pretty much every caliber that was being shot at them. That's another thing, yes. But I never saw a police officer pick up anything other than the Beretta 9mm. I'm sorry you have an evidence room. You also normally have an armory. You should right now be picking up all those M. You got all those uh, AR-15s that you should be pointing. And, you know, you might want to go to that evidence room right now and pick up, I don't know, that gun you picked up off that gangster that's full auto. Have Why not? I remember a video not too long ago, and I forget where, but it's on YouTube. Easy to find. Some nut job walked to a police station with a mask on, a mask, and an assault rifle. And not, I mean, an assault rifle strapped around his shoulder. He walked into a police station. I forget what his point was, but he couldn't believe that as soon as he walked in, guns were pointed at him and they were shouting, get get on the ground, get on the ground. He couldn't figure out why. I guess he was trying to make a statement that he could walk in there like that. Well, you can, but forgive the police for being a bit twitchy about that. Um, and I think he wound up getting detained at the very least. I don't know the end result of that. But when you see the video footage, it's as soon as he walks in with that rifle, and a mask on. Gotta mention that. Well, James Franco did not walk in armed, and he just shot. So it's not one-to-one, -one, but still. It's, I get, it's, I get it's your close point. Because the police came out. You had two cops with their Berettas. <clears throat> excuse me. And others coming out ready. So like you said, Thomas, though, there was clearly a protocol in case such a thing happens. Instead of one loser sitting up front and when he gets plugged everyone else in the station is going what, what do we do well uh, yes but the my personal bigger gripe is no one decides to pick up any weapons that are above no. a nine which just for me again who knows significantly you know or take cover remember the one woman that she shoots a glass because she suddenly forgets it's bulletproof which Okay, I guess I can kind of grant you in panic mode, but then she just sits there. She doesn't like dive behind a desk or something, or oh, look, I can get out of his angle of fire. Nah, I guess I'll just stay here. <sighs> I mean, my whole problem with this is I, I can give you some because obviously, if she's shooting the bulletproof glass, she's in shock. And yeah, exactly. Has, I, and shock I, allows quite a bit of leeway, in my opinion, because you kind of lose I, your... I mean, very often, when people are in shock, they do some weird stuff. I but, do grant that. I do grant that. But just the fact that, like, nothing kicks in, no training, just... Well, it, again, there's a lot of issues with that. My 
problem is not up arm armoring, grabbing any extra equipment. No protocol. Any. Everybody's running around panicky. Everybody, not just one or but, two. Everybody. But this it's amazing event. to me that Hollywood misses this because Hollywood likes to pick on some of these um, social tropes that that's are talking what, points of the left and the militarization of the police. The yes. That's what it's like. Wait, aren't you guys supposed to be anti cop? Shouldn't you be like overdoing their response? Yeah. Well, not just that, but here's a thing. I don't know if you guys know this, but I do. The Cleveland police has a 50 cal armored vehicle. Right. They have a gun that will punch through cinder block walls with ease. And ammo for it, and it's Poliano. They have that, and that's a police. Right? What? Yeah. I've gone oh, to what? Ohio State football games, and you know what I see sitting on the streets of Columbus? Tanks. They're 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 essentially police tanks. Just to show you, if you idiots think you're going to riot and destroy campus because they beat UM today, guess what? Not happening. Look what we've got. And yeah. that's and they and have armored vehicles and stuff. Yeah, and, and honestly, most police departments, even small ones, have quite a bit of arsenal now because, well, there's Department of Defense found it was cheaper to give their we old weapons and equipment to police than to actually get rid of it properly. Yeah, they, I mean, you just have to. People may ask, why do the police need these things? But when when a guy is in his own homemade tank going through town and no one can stop him, you're going to like it when your police have a real tank. They're going to like uh, it when your police yeah, have weapons that can okay, take that homemade okay, tank out. Wanna, the tank dozer you're talking about. Yes, okay, I am talking about the tank dozer. <laughs> I don't want to get too rabbit traily here, but you're, I'm with you, Scott. I'm with you, but... I mean, um, this is this is like um, Mayberry's police department here. I mean, right? Yeah. Not well, even they put up a bigger, even. a better fight against the Terminator when he broke in in, uh, yeah. in, in well, that movie. There, well, this again, fight, and there's the other point of this. It is a false equivocation. This is uh, because the thing is, you might say, "What about Terminator?" Couple things are different. One, it's a Terminator. It has no emotion. It doesn't care. As to quote Kyle Reese. It doesn't feel pity or remorse, and it will not stop until you are dead. Oh, thank you, okay? because this actually gets to my next point, which was Hang a on, one. please. Okay. So, the Terminator doesn't care. If it kills Sarah Connor, who cares if it kills 30 other cops? After that, you could destroy it. You could, it could go sit in a cave for 20 years. It doesn't matter. It accomplished its mission. I'm wondering, okay, so Meth Mullet is high on his own drugs and revenge. None of his gang at any point was like, I'm not going in there. because well, That's my next point. You're not. Congratulations. You're all on CCTV. You, people know who you are. You basically are a target for every single law enforcement officer in north america including canada well not they just you and they see a gun in your hand you're as good as dead well not just that but you doing this you attacking a police station and killing officers not doesn't matter if you pulled the trigger you being there accessory 
all of you have gotten death sentences or life sentences from this action alone because of the crimes you're committing. You're committing assault on peace officers. You're committing not just homicide, but the list goes on. And now you don't just have, oh, you got the local Leos on your case. No, no. You attacking this causes the FBI. You're going to get state, local, federal, and you're going to get federal crimes. Definitely added on and, and there was no way it you're doing it to kill a kid and his well, brother the there is not one single person in this okay i'm not going to say that that's but there the court of public opinion and court of law enforcement is basically going to say yeah you're this is open and shut I, that this is, is open and shut that is true but i do think we're forgetting one possible thing for the motivation and 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 the movie did a good job of showing it to you. Well, for the brother, it de- he for, killed for his brother. It does. Yes, for meth mullet, it works. I'm not saying. And that. the cartel is going to follow him because if they don't, he's going to kill would them think, all anyway. But I I'm going to disagree with that because if they have any sense of self preservation, they're going to stop and go wait. Well, this is where you. I, this, I isn't have Columbia, to, this isn't Medellin. This isn't Medellin, Colombia, 1988, where Pablo Escobar owns the joint, and I could watch walk in, blow everyone away, and get off because Pablo made a phone call. No, no, I'm no. I'm as good as dead. Not quite. And hear me out, though, because what's going to happen is again. Remember, he had to pay for protection in prison. So yeah. obviously, this is not just him. This is a larger cartel. They have already people inside and an organization inside. Right. Sure, all of the all of these people who join him in this attack are going to have protection inside. Doesn't matter if they got life. They're going to have a cushy other criminals, not from the cops. Oh, all yeah. that all that is true, but here's the other thing that I think, Mark, it's a it's a little bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't choice because Again, as Thomas said, this is a guy who can offer protection nationwide in prisons on the inside. Sure. So this is I'm, so if you don't follow him on his vendetta, all he has to do is make a phone call as he goes on his vendetta to die and say these people did not follow me, kill them and their family. Well, so if okay, you wait. if you go with him, just you die. If you don't go with him, all he's got to say. Remember, he said, "I'll kill your family too." To to yeah, to other uh, counterpoint, counterpoint, and this is not implied because the film again no details but you're assuming he has enough friends in the entire penal system at all in detroit sure in nevada he might have nobody either way either way he has enough he has enough connections uh, that's point one he's not in his home turf He's not exactly in the Crips or the Bloods. Okay. And point two, you killed cops. Yeah. What are the cops inside yeah, the prison system going to do to you? Yeah, but this is what I think you're not considering how the reality of this goes, okay? You either go with James Meth Mullet and probably die and probably go to jail for the rest of your life, or you don't go and you will die and your family will die. Because that's what's going to happen yeah, if you I don't follow him. So I what are you going to that do? Point. That's why they're following him. That's I get why that they're going to follow him. I get that point, but I'm just wondering why they all just didn't say, you go ahead because we have more guns than you. Because he would have called the other Family. people. 
There's there's Joe more Cranley. people than just them that he took. He makes the call to the rest of the organization, and they're gone. It's not just those people don't make I'm the whole organization. You, and that's all there is going to be. Scott, I planted my flag in concrete. Okay. We're okay. going to leave it up to the listeners which side is right here. The, the flag yeah, is can. planted. The you argument can, is done. But okay, my but, argument is going to be if it came down to that, they might have just they might have just shot him and said, "Oh, he got killed in the police shootout." And maybe, but again, you and there's going to be CC released and punch. But listen, either way, that's one thing. My next point, and this is where personally, the film for me a hundred percent lost me because for me this is where it jumped the shark, the shootout. And them attacking police and the police ineptitude, that's a lot of it. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, okay, it's Hollywood. I can kind of, whatever they want us to, whatever. Where it lost me is where you got these two motorcycles now zipping down the highway. Zips through a roadblock, full speed. Uh, okay, I guess. I guess. Then smashes past the, the quarantine at the police station. which. Uh-huh. Somehow, again, the police don't stop them. And then throw a magic grenade into the room. Oh, the magic grenade. Let me go. Let me go here. The magic grenade. And I literally mean magic. Which then goes in and freezes time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not local time, either. Because this seems... room. No, it seems to freeze everything outside, too. Oh, did it? They were breaching at the moment. Okay. They were breaching at that moment. So you had an explosion and the door was flying in and everyone was going in. So the door was frozen in time. Everyone outside was frozen in time. The entire world freezes from one grenade. Yep. At least that air greater area. I would say the whole world, but because there's no way you wouldn't notice. Hey, wait a minute. We just lost contact with the city for a few minutes. and you know what? You're bringing up a great rip because at the end of the day, that's what it is. Magic. Well, and, and yeah, and, and this is, I'm going to continue here because this, for me, gets worse. Dawn doesn't just use a magic grenade that doesn't freeze anything. It freezes everything except three people. The two unknowns and the boy. Oh, because they you don't Again, you don't know this yet. I'm assuming. But you didn't know at this moment. It was, again, that suspense like, oh, what's going on? Which, again, kind of cool, but my mind was going, what in? What's going on? This makes no sense. Huh? Magic? What? Cat grenades of post time? How? What? Huh? And then they're just walking around like, oh, yeah. And then explaining, you're from the soldier from the future. Okay, sure. This makes less and less sense. There's a whole battle in the future. There's a war in the future. You pass time. Okay, we'll come back for you. What? Uh, we'll save you. And moving bullets around. Okay, now you got control and space after you freeze it. Uh, but does that bullet keep trajectory? That's never mind. Sure, it will keep its, its acceleration <laughs> after you've moved it in another direction. But you know, magic. Okay, whatever. Right. Magic, magic, magic. Oh, we'll shoot him with his own bullet. Oh, I'm sure that's not going to be a whole bunch of conspiracy theories now. Thank you. Um, but you got all this going on, and they're telling you this weird story, and it's like, oh, yes, and we are from... Why are you from the future? This makes no sense. Oh, we need the gun. 
uh, why do you need the weapon? You don't have any guns in the future? Yeah. Oh, we, uh, we can't contaminate the timeline, I'm guessing. They don't say it. Oh, but we found a breach. Okay, uh, now you're, you're hitting space yeah. with a stick and creating its shattering. What? Oh, and don't forget the... Well, we don't want the laser gun to make a breach. Oh, but your little magic time-stopping grenade, that's not going to do anything. Yep. Hey, how about yes. this? Well, that shouldn't do a thing. And again, this is where, for me, it went from, uh, this is starting to tank, to it's jumped the shark, and it's gone into the... It didn't just jump the shark. It managed to jump the shark into the trash can. I can't believe you forgot to bring up how the cop gave the evidence locker keys to the eight-year-old to get yes. the laser cannon that he didn't even know worked. Well, you told me to be brief on the assault there, and you had that. How about, That's true. How about this? The SWAT team and the FBI is breaching. At the moment, before they've breached and time has been frozen, they have heard a gunshot go off. Previously, there have been military-grade weapons that look like it came out of a war zone blowing up parts of that complex. Not to mention they had a fully automatic machine gun being fired at them. And the oh, cops yeah. don't come in hot. Well, not just that. Don't forget. The, all this is recorded, by the way, which I love. There's going <laughs> yep. to be CC cameras showing... Everywhere. This is my favorite part, personally, because... My mind has to think this through because this is how my mind works. CCTV is going to see him shoot at the brother. Suddenly, him drop dead from the bullet he just shot at the brother. Okay. And also, the kid is going to magically move from one point to another point. This is going to create a whole bunch of conspiracy theories because there's going to be camera footage of just some weirdness. And one frame to another frame. Okay. I'm telling you, nation, it's proof that the reptilians exist. Watch this here. What do you see here? Here, It's a reptilian. He fired his gun at it, but it doesn't show up, and it turned the bullet around and shot him. They're coming for you, nation. The only way to stop it is to buy my Super Herbalife Awesome Man 3000 powder. It's made with material that you'll only find in the heart of active volcanoes, and it will make you bulletproof. Well, not actually and, bulletproof, but it might poison you with lead. <laughs> oh, there, it's in blueberries and stars. Okay. <laughs> Herbal Man so, 5000, awesome, man. It's better than Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> it is better than Bluebell. I can't do it. Give me something to drink. I'll wash this crap down. So, I think it's safe to say that um, the film was okay. It was it had something going for it until that ending. Yeah, when it's just a it forgot what story it wanted to be. It mishmashed things. It just started using too much magic that didn't make sense. And dear God, is every law enforcement agency agent horrendously inept because that and, and then this sickies i think anybody knows if you end badly you sour the whole process i think of two examples of this um game of thrones a lot of people were sticking on to that story 
until season eight when uh basically it killed everything all goodwill for that show died with season eight and scott you would argue that um the red wedding was the pinnacle yeah right? i, I, I can't you, i, I can't rewatch game of thrones at this point um i will say the book at least the tv series made it to season seven before it really you realized it was going south i'd even say season seven was good the battle of the bastards is pretty amazing when you get to season eight though it, it goes away and the book is turning long before that but i would say yes <laughs> well, in both the tv series and the books everything after the red wedding is downhill i think what everybody realized is after season eight gee all the stuff that we probably should have left this show earlier but sunk cost fallacy George never, George never had a conclusion. He started writing a book that turned into a trilogy, and he well, never had any idea how to end this thing. I don't, I don't want to get too... too and the, the point I just want to make is, the bad ending caused you to start to see the holes where they started forming, and it killed even the good parts. The same could also be said of the Star Wars, the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like, I did not like, and I'll make myself clear, I hated episode seven, but even for people that liked seven, after eight, and especially nine, it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with it you on that. It didn't matter. Whatever goodwill they had, seven had with them was dead. Yeah, seven was fine. They just didn't know where to go from there. Um, and and so, we'll, we'll disagree on that. I'll ask you a question. Did this movie even have an ending? Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, no. no. What ending? It, it, the, brothers, the, the brothers going it. back into prison. And the people who provided him protection before are probably going to kill him. If they don't kill him in there, they're going to get to him when he's outside. If they don't have networks there, the remainder of that cartel is going to make networks to make sure he doesn't get out of there alive. Again, assuming it's a cartel of that big proportion. Right. Even if it's not that big of a proportion, they're going to find a way to talk to someone who can talk to someone to get to someone inside to make sure he doesn't get well, out of there. Well, they might. Yes. They might. Oh, but it's it how it works. But we don't it, know what happens. It doesn't matter. The brother's Well, this dying. is the thing. It doesn't. It doesn't end with any kind no. of conclusion that makes sense because it just goes and shootout ends and you're from the future and yep. credits. The, the, the high tech future people are still potentially going to try to come kill the kid again. We don't know who the kid is. We don't know when he's going on to his next step. Um, I mean, I mean, we don't know if um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter has finally, you know, found her way on the right path and where she belongs, or if she's just piecing out to the next town for a minute. We, I mean, we don't know. There's no ending for any. There's no character arc for anybody. There's no character arc resolution for the stripper seeking redemption. If there's not even a resolution for the stripper seeking redemption, what is the resolution for the kid? He well, doesn't I mean, have a father. He doesn't don't know have a brother. To him. He doesn't so, know guess, where his alien you know, the, brothers are. Uh, uh, I guess the redemption is that she's taking care of the kid. Is she? And for how long? We know she showed back up for a couple of minutes. Well, that's the thing. We don't. I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying none of this makes sense yeah. at the end because the ending is There's not no just ending. a you mission. You just stopped the movie. Guessing. Scott, well, that's the movie. Guessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. The ending, and I use quotations now, is not just abrupt. Right. It leaves, it starts not tying up things because, right. okay, if and you're tying up a few things and maybe you leave one loose end, I kind of get. No, but you actually are actively making more loose ends 
as you end it. She better go huh? to ground. She better go to ground pretty quick because that's a local crime word cartel in her hometown that she helped lead back two people who stole sixty thousand dollars from him. And boy, he knows her name. And you can't. I can do people search and find anybody I want to where they're at. I can go and Google in two seconds. She better go to ground pretty quick because she's running around with sixty thousand dollars of his money. That's true. I mean, she's marked. It, it just seems to me that this film started with one writer and ended with another. Like the writer that knew what was going on but didn't tell anybody what the end game was died and then someone else picked it up and that other person was just told end it and they didn't know or much less care how so they did. I'm going to go after, after the big shootout scene they just said, "Well, I delivered the climactic battle." Bye. I'm going to go one step further. I think this never was more than a hook. And I think you see the hook. Oh, for sure. I you agree see with the you. hook. And then I think somebody said, well, how do we make this a whole movie? And they said, what if we only tell four brothers with two brothers and tell it significantly worse? I, I, and we I will get Dennis you. Quaid to play for five minutes. Okay. They took, they took a page from J.J. Abrams for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a hook that's never fully developed grafted on to a pale imitation of four brothers yep i would agree and and it's yeah. it's just it's no good there's potential you have all the potential in the world for everything and you forgot to tell a story it was about a laser gun and a kid that's well, it and they well, didn't know what to do with it the problem also is that they didn't actually have a good story to tell because they kept meddling with it. They had something and they just didn't go with it. They went with something that was like, we'll just mash all this together and you got something. They potentially you know, had two awesome stories to tell, but they chose not to tell either one really well. Yeah, and they mixed them together and made something that part of the way through was okay and then it just went nosedived it, hard. It kind of reminds me of the movie Laser Blast from, I think, 70, 1977. But in there, it's just some aliens that dropped it, and then a kid found it, and the aliens come back to get it. And somehow the laser gun turns the kid into like a demon that blows things up. But actually, we're going to have to do that movie. That's a lot of fun. But that movie sucks and didn't have much of a story, but at least it wasn't trying to be profound. So whereas this... It seemed like they were trying, but then dropped the ball, and all they had was a hook. And cool laser gun effects, though. So, with that in mind, I think we can uh, finally, you know, rate this thing. How many laser blasts do we want to give it? Um, I I'm going to give it a three. It it starts off strong. There's a good hook. There's what potentially could be a great movie but the ending just absolutely torpedoes whatever you had going for all the reasons we mentioned a three okay i'm gonna give it a two um there's nothing original here um as a sci-fi story i'm not sure it ever had a chance because i don't think it was ever developed beyond a hook and um as a non-sci-fi drama, it's entirely derivative of better movies that came before it, and even as what it attempts to be, which is 
some homage to the Terminator, I think, it's still derivative of a far superior film. And not the good derivative. Derivative. Rock. Um, but it's just, it's bad. There is a useless carcass of a story grafted on to a cheap imitation of another story. And your main actor, while you say as the mannerisms of Bill Paxton, all I could see is that this is discount Star-Lord. Um, so discount Chris Pratt is discount. And I, I don't know. This movie, it's like this movie wanted to be original and found out that no matter how hard it tried, it didn't have an original thought that wasn't already done significantly better than the thought that they have. Two. Okay. I, I'm a little torn on my rating, but I think I'm going to end up on a three. And the only reason why it gets a three, and the only reason, is the first three quarters of the film is not terrible. It has some interesting scenes. It has some interesting effects. And it actually is suspenseful, and I kind of enjoyed it. I'm like, I want to see who these guys are. I want to see how this ends. So it was going okay, because again, I'm not, I wouldn't, up to that point, I would not be giving it an eight. I wouldn't even be giving it a nine. I'd be giving it maybe a five, maybe a six, if I was feeling generous. Like, eh, it's okay. It's a decent, halfway decent film. But then the ending comes along. And the ending just smashes and completely wipes away everything that was halfway halfway going for it. And it kind of just drops it down. Okay, 2.5. I talked myself down a 0.5 already. <laughs> it just so. smashes everything that was halfway going for it and kind of there. And it was... And it left such a bitter taste in my mouth that I'm just like, yeah. It was mercifully short, I guess we could say. Um, unlike it wasn't a two-hour film, yeah. Slugfest, yeah, slogfest. So, long story short, Sickies, this is one film you can definitely skip. Uh, or, if you really want, just watch the highlights reel on a YouTube video because... I mean, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even do that. I yeah, just well, go watch Four Brothers, go watch Terminator Two, and then imagine a much worse film that tried to combine elements of each. Yeah, yeah. Terminator. And, you mean? And, and personally, I normally tell most most of the time viewers, if you enjoy it, you can watch watch it. Hey, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. But sure, I'm not going to recommend if you want no. to go watch it. I'm just going to tell you. There's a lot better out there. Go watch something better, please. Spare yourself. So, with that in mind, on the other hand, we're telling you why you shouldn't watch this. If you're wondering what you should be watching, particularly in the realm of anime, stay tuned soon for Ruck's new show, Why You Should Watch. It's going to be great fun. I will definitely be tuning in myself. You could also tune in coming out uh, next weekend to the next episode of Zodiac Task Force. Looking forward to that. Get back on, uh, get back in the saddle for that. Love that show. And 
yes i'm partial uh you could also check out our previous episodes of sci-fi malady on our website and you could also engage with us on our discord uh, page where you could find other great shows as well but if you want to listen to previous episodes or see anything from the sci-fi malady or excuse me raven lunatic catalog or just send us a comment you can do so at ravinglunaticmedia.com 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 rage master what's left for them to do stay sick sickies and send a congratulations note to carol baskin she won her big cat rescue act pass she's the only one who can own a big cat i know that makes no sense in a sci-fi show but hey we're out Raving Lunatic.